Welcome to this week's Personal Finance Podcast. I'm Lenora Walters and joining me today are Emma Adjimung, Personal Finance Writer at Investors Chronicle, and Nick Gartside, Chief Investment Officer for Fixed Income at JP Morgan Asset Management. Like many people across the country, you are probably digesting the result of the election. And if you're an investor, you'll also be contemplating what this means for your savings and investments. Elections often have a short-term impact on equity markets, but if anything, can have a more profound influence on currencies and bond markets. Nick, at this point, who forms our government could go any which way, and we face uncertainty for hours, days and maybe even weeks. How has this been affecting sterling, and what do you think might be the effects on the currency going ahead? So when we look at the impact on sterling, sterling's a couple of percent weaker from where it was a few days ago. Our sense is that that's enough now. So sterling is very likely to stay in its current trading range as we look forward. OK, now what about the effects on bonds denominated in sterling? What do you expect here? So uh, two forms of bonds denominated in sterling. The first is gilts or government bonds. Uh, when we look at those, they're rallying today. That means yields have gone down a little. And uh, again, as we look forward, uh, they probably rally a little further, uh, actually. Uh, the other form of uh, bond, of course, is a corporate bond issued by a company. And when we look at those, uh, they give you an extra on average, percent and a quarter yield on top of those government bonds. And it's likely that that spread, that extra yield you get, actually contracts a little uh, as we look forward. OK, now, now why are UK government bonds rallying? We've got uncertainty, chaos, who knows what's going to happen? Why, why, why do people like, you know, uh, uh, bonds in this situation? Well, it's always the same way. If you think about it, when you've got uncertainty and a little bit of chaos, you go back to a safe asset. And of course, a government bond is a, is a very, very safe asset. OK. Now, what other effects could the outcome of the election have on, um, let's say, UK government bonds and also corporate bonds? So the way to view that is to think really through two prisms. The first is the impact on growth and the second is the likely impact on inflation. So when we look at the growth outlook, it's uh, likely that uh, governments won't be able to get much done as you look forward. So uh, when you think of growth, it probably stays where it is, which uh, is just a little bit above uh, the natural trend of economic growth. When you look at inflation, we're back to the currency there. Because, of course, if you get the currency a little bit weaker, that tends to suck a bit of inflation in. So it may well be slightly lower growth, slightly higher inflation. They really cancel each other out. OK. Now, um, you were saying that at the moment, um, gilts seem to be reasonably popular. Just looking ahead, how do you think everything that's going on is going to affect the appeal of sterling denominated bonds as an investment? So investors will probably like them because, of course, if you think of sterling denominated bonds relative to other corporate bonds around the world, they have a pretty high yield. And the creditworthiness of a lot of those companies is actually pretty high. So we're likely to see buyers still for sterling corporate bonds. OK. Now, we've obviously been very focused on the UK, but what other influences do bond investors need to keep their eye on at the moment? 
So when you look globally, remember a bond investor has two enemies, strong growth and strong inflation. So we need to think of that very much in a global context. And we see two offsetting forces. The first is actually growth around the world looks pretty good. But wherever you look globally, inflation is actually pretty low. So the net effect of that is that governments and central banks are likely to keep interest rates low. So that really helps support bond prices. From that, though, it's likely that investors will look into corporate bonds and high-yield bonds because they offer extra yield. OK, now talking of central banks, the European Central Bank yesterday decided to leave interest rates unchanged. What effects will this have? So they decided to keep interest rates unchanged. It means that in Europe, at least, cash rates are still negative and actually government bond yields stay at very, very low levels. So the real impact of that is that it makes those corporate bonds, those high yield bonds that much more attractive because they give you a fair bit in extra yield. Okay. Are there any other areas of the bond market that um, you think are attractive at the moment? Yes, very much. So one of the key standouts is emerging market debt. And when you look at emerging markets, they look to be in a very favourable position now. Firstly, global growth is a lot stronger. And within emerging markets, they've done a fair few internal reforms of late, which means that their internal growth dynamics, again, are a fair bit stronger. When you look at the yields on offer, and there's clearly risk here, but when you look at the yields on offer from countries like Brazil at 11%, we think that adequately compensates investors for that extra risk. Okay. Now, there's been a lot of talk about bond duration. Um, How important is that at the moment and what are your favoured times? So uh, bond duration is a very simple concept. All bond duration is is the time taken to get your cash back. So clearly, the longer the maturity of the bond, you have to wait longer to get your cash back. So obviously, you've got more risk then if you have to wait longer to get your cash back. So uh, in an environment where interest rates globally are likely to rise, we've tended to focus on shorter duration bonds, i.e. those with a fairly short time to maturity. Okay. Now, are there any areas of fixed income you're resolutely avoiding? So the standout place to avoid is probably government bonds. So back to those gilts that yield a little under 1% today. In truth, as we said, they're unlikely probably to go much higher or lower in yield. But is a 1% yield really that attractive? One way to think of that is relative to inflation. Now, inflation in the UK is a little over 2%. So in inflation-adjusted terms, you're guaranteeing a loss. Okay. Now, bonds and the funds which invest in them haven't been very popular with investors recently. Why would you argue that we should still consider this asset? Well, remember, not all bonds are equal, so you might not want to think of government bonds, but think of those attractive yields on corporate bonds and high-yield bonds. Remember that not all bonds are equal, Also remember the clues in the name. These are called fixed income instruments. In a world starved of income, fixed income and bonds are a pretty good solution if you want an income going forward. Okay, and what kind of funds would you say are the best option for investors at the moment? So the key way to approach the bond universe is to think globally. 
So again, think what we always try and do. You're trying to build portfolios that have a lot of diversification. The global bond opportunity set can give you that. Add up every bond in the world, it's something like £70 trillion. Huge opportunity set. So you've got a big opportunity set. With that, you should be able to get diversification and from that, higher rewards from lower risk taken. So with bonds, think global. Okay, thank you, Nick. Some really helpful insights into the effects of the election and the state of bond markets. So far in 2017, there have only been six launches of new investment trusts, but these are very soon to be joined by a seventh. Emma, you've been looking at this. Can you tell us a bit about the new investment trust? Yes, so the new trust is called Scott Gems, and its aim is to achieve long-term capital growth by investing in small companies around the world. Um, and it defines small companies as those with a market cap of anything less than $2.5 billion. OK, now who's going to manage this investment trust? So it will be managed by Stuart investors who've made a, a strong name for themselves running a number of Asian and emerging market funds. And the trust will have two fund managers, Asish Swarup, who runs um, some of Stuart Investors' funds, including its Asia-Pacific and Global Emerging Markets funds. He will be joined by Tom Allen, who was previously an analyst at Stuart Investors, who's been covering Asia-Pacific and excluding Japan. So he's also very knowledgeable in this area. Okay, but a new face. Yes. Mm. Um, Now, who's going to be on this investment trust board? Well, highly regarded Asia manager, Angus Tullock, who's a bit of a legend in this space um, and has been at Stewart Investors for about 29 years. Having said that, early on this year, he announced that he'd be retiring from, from Stewart Investors. So it's his little retirement project. Exactly. Yeah. So he will be joining the trust as a non-independent director, which is obviously um, a really big asset for this trust. Yeah, and a, a, I suppose a tremendous experience to have as well. Mm. Now, are there any other investment trusts that invest in global smaller companies? Yes, there's a there's about a handful. Um, these include... Edinburgh Worldwide and FNC Global Smaller Companies. But Scotch Gems will be different to these trusts because it's going to have a much more concentrated portfolio of only 20 to 30 holdings. That is very punchy. Yeah. 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 Um, compared to uh, some of these other trusts, for example, FNC Global Smaller Companies, which has about 200 holdings. Okay. Now, when's the launch date and how much is Scott Gems hoping to raise? Launch date is the 26th of June and they're hoping to raise about £100 million for their initial public offering. OK, one to look out for and you can see Emma's full report on Scott Gems in this week's issue of the magazine and online. Now, property by nature is an illiquid asset, but if you're in your 50s or older and own your own home, there are ways to unlock the wealth tied up in your bricks and mortar and boost your retirement income, something increasing numbers of people are doing. Emma, how can you do this? Yes, the main way you can do this is by using equity release product. And as you say, it unlocks some of the value in your home to give you a cash lump sum or um, an income. And with house prices having gone up so much in recent years, this is something that we're seeing is an area that's really booming as more and more people look into this. Okay, now what are the main types of equity release plans you could opt for? There are two main types, home reversion plans and lifetime mortgages. So with home reversion plans... um, they allow you to sell all or part of your home to a provider in return for a cash sum. You can carry on living in your home rent-free and at the end of your plan, the property is sold and the proceeds are shared according to the remaining proportions of ownership. 
the other main one, which is actually the most um, prominent sector of the of the market, accounts for about probably ninety over ninety percent, are lifetime mortgages. And these are products that allow you to borrow against the value of your home, again to receive a cash sum or, or income. You can continue to own your own home and live there until you either die or go into a long-term care home. Um, and at which point the loan and interest is repaid by your estate from the value of your home. Okay. Now, um, what are the main benefits of this, obviously, other than uh, getting your income? Well, that's definitely a main, uh, uh, you know, attractive benefit, especially as it's tax-free. And you can pretty much do whatever you like with it. Um, there's no restrictions. And that's obviously money that would be sitting in your house not being tapped. Mm. That's the main benefit, really. Okay. Now, this sounds fantastic, but nothing's perfect, is it? So what are the downsides to these products that people should be aware of? The main downsides are um, these products use compound interest, which means the amount that you pay that you owe accrues very quickly basically roughly every 12 years or so you're going to double the amount that you owe ouch yeah um and in the worst case scenario paying off for example a lifetime mortgage loan can swallow up the entire value of your property oh my goodness um yeah yeah, definitely so leaving you with no property to pass on if that's something you know it's that is important to pass on to children or grandchildren for example yeah well bearing this in mind who should and perhaps more pertinently who shouldn't use equity release plans well the analysts that we spoke to suggested these plans would be helpful for people if they didn't have children for example um and they're not concerned about passing on the property uh conversely for people who are concerned about passing the property you might want to look at this in your later years, because obviously, you know, sort of less time you have to live, the less amount that this um, interest has to accrue. Or if you're in um, ill health, those are the two instances they said that it might be useful to look at. Okay, thank you, Emma. Some important things to bear in mind before plunging into one of these plans. That brings us to the end of today's podcast. So it just remains to thank Emma Ajumang, Personal Finance Writer Investors Chronicle, and Nick Gartside, Chief Investment Officer for Fixed Income at JP Morgan Asset Management. You can read more on Scott Jim's forthcoming launch and equity release plans in this week's issue of Investors Chronicle on the website. Thank you for listening and have a good weekend. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.